Hey guys, it's Simmy, and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited, as we are here on the 23rd of January, 2022, to talk about everything that went down tonight on GCW's The World on GCW. Now, if you followed me on Twitter, you know already that there's some stuff on this show that I just absolutely hated. There was some good stuff on this show as well. I thought there was some good wrestling. I thought there were some good matches, but there was some stuff on this show that we're going to talk about that I thought was the dirt worst that I've seen in a very long time. Fuck you, Matt Cardona and Joey Janela. That match sucked big ones. Big ones. That match was so bad that I never want to watch another Matt Cardona match again, possibly. It's like he's trying too hard to be edgy he's trying too hard to be cool he's trying too hard to be not wwe but the whole match was a wwe parody and it blew big chunks i'm just gonna say right now that matt cardona joy janela match and i always thought matt cardona was really good wrestler i've always liked joey janela but tonight that shit was the dirt worst it was so bad, but with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and Twitter.com forward slash PW Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out either by hitting that a donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe either with a tiered subscription or Amazon Prime. If you're already paying old Jeff Bezos for Amazon Prime, whether that's video or, or shipping, well, then you could take that Amazon Prime account, link it to your Twitch account, bada bing, bada boom, and you've got a Prime Gaming account. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, including right now, the free game right now is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Also, you can get stuff for games like Grand Theft Auto Online, Valorant, New World, and more. But what it always gives you and never changes is one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribed right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But on the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out over there in the live chat with a super chat or a super sticker donation. Also, remember, you can hit that join button to become a channel member and get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Plus, you can get all of that same info, same content, but directly supporting us more at patreon.com forward slash Unlimited. And don't forget, you can go to the Epic Game Store. And whether you're buying a brand new game like Rainbow Six Extraction, which I think is very, very fun, Guardians of the Galaxy or more, whether you're getting V-Bucks for Fortnite or skins for Rocket League, it's going to ask you, do you have a creator code? And you do. It's right here, PW Unlimited. Even if you're getting the free games that they're putting out there, code PW Unlimited, so they know you're supporting us. But with that, we've got a lot to talk about. This three-hour show that had its twists and turns and ups and downs and what the fuck's and heck yes, so <clears throat> I did miss some of the pre-show because my power was out today. Power was out, and so I came into the pre-show late, and I saw the end of the Pep's Blue Ribbon Battle Royal. 
And I could say that I saw Lufisto in there. She did some cool things. Thunder Rosa was in the Battle Royal and got an amazing reaction from the crowd. But in the end, we did see Big Vin pick up the victory and then celebrate with his father, former ECW uh, star 911. So that was really cool to see. Then we had a six way scramble also on the kickoff show. This match had Alex Zane, Grim Reefer, Dante Leon. Jack Cartwheel, Ninja Mac, and Shane Mercer. I do want to say thank you to Jack Dawson for re-upping as a channel member on YouTube. Really do appreciate that. Says, uh, Tim, keep up with the good work and your good uploads. I really appreciate that. This match had a lot of action. And Grim Reefer, not only did he win the match, but he was just the star of the match. The crowd really loved him, but all these guys looked really, really good. Everyone was given a chance to get some stuff in, some offense in, and Leon had a really nice shooting star cutter early from the top onto Cartwheel. Shortly after Zane and Ninja Mac, he gave Zane a... Uh... Hold on, why did I write that wrong? Uh, I wrote that wrong. But Zane and Ninja Mac gave Zane a Poison Rana. Well, I wrote that wrong. I think it was Zane gave Ninja Mac a Poison Rana and a kick-to-the-face combo. Reefer and Mancer were left as the only two in the ring going at it. They battled on the turnbuckles, and Reefer gave him a Tornado DDT. The, the TDT was also on a chair. He got the three count and picked up the victory. A lot of fun, wild spots. And then we had Brett Lauderdale and Chris Dickinson come out and cut a promo on the pre-show as we had, I want to say about 25, a little less than 30 minutes left on this pre-show before the main card actually started. Lauderdale and Dickinson cut a promo. Lauderdale talked about being a being a hard couple last few years because of the um, pandemic and whatnot. And he said that, you know, throughout the years, he's always heard, we've seen a lot of GCWs come and go. He goes, but there's only one real GCW. Yes, maybe a lot of other people try to copy and do their own thing and don't last, but this GCW lasts. Are there a million different alley catches? No. Are there a million different Effies? No. There's only one. There's only one GCW. He closed off by saying, there's only one GCW, and at 8 p.m., we go live on pay-per-fucking-view. Dickinson got on the mic and put over GCW as the company that gave him his first big break. He also said that he'll be back spring break weekend. Didn't say if he'll be back wrestling or just be back in there and maybe on the show. But I do think from what we heard when he did suffer his injury that spring break weekend does sound about right for when he can get back into the ring. Lauderdale got back on the microphone and honored some people important that have passed away. Some people that have been important to GCW that have passed away. And they talked about, well, they showed photos of Tracy Smothers. Justin, Justice Payne, Nate Hatred, Marcus Crane, and Danny Havoc, and all of them had their you know images flashing on the screen and whatnot. Really cool. Um, they then had the guys come out for the ladder match right before the show was to go on to the pay-per-view. So they did the ladder match entrances, and then it cut to the pay-per-view feed. And the match is starting. They're announcing everybody. It's Alex Coughlin. It's PCO. It's Tony Depp and G. Raver, Jimmy Lloyd, Jim, Jordan Oliver. And before they can say the match is to start, music hits. Now comes a seventh competitor. And it's the extreme champion, 
AJ Gray. And I'm like, oh, yes. AJ Gray, who apparently had made a challenge for tonight's show to Eddie Kingston, but Eddie Kingston is out with an orbital bone injury. So they said, no, we still want AJ Gray on this show. He's our extreme champion. Boom, bing, bang. Put him right here. Also, Leo Rush was supposed to be in this match, but because Jonathan Gresham got pulled for COVID protocol, they moved Leo Rush to the match with Blake Christian. But this match is still really, really fun. I really Really liked this match and thought this was a great way to open up the show. They went into ladder spots immediately. And for some reason, they had the brass ring they had to grab from above. But it wasn't centered. Like, there was a spot where AJ Gray put the... I think it was AJ Gray. No. It was Tony Deppen. Put the ladder right in the middle of the ring. And he goes to climb it and he goes... Oh, it's way over there. So he gets off the ladder and they start trying to put the ladder back up and this and that. And there's a spot where AJ Gray's climbing the ladder and he's kind of reaching for it, but he's like up over against the rope. So I don't know what happened there and why the um the actual brass ring they had to grab was not centered over the ring. Maybe the way they had to hang it, there was no like center bar or truss or something that was completely centered. And so that's why it had to be off by a couple feet. Not off feet, but... You know what I mean? Maybe like a foot or something. <clears throat> well, like I said, I thought this match was great. A great way to start the show. They went to ladder spots early. PCO and Cologne get a doomsday device on Raver. With PCO hitting him with a ladder while coming off the top. PCO hit a tope cannonball onto everybody on the floor. That popped the fans pretty big. Tony Deppen hit a double springboard 450 onto everybody. And that also got a big response. Not long after, PCO then hit a moonsault onto everybody on the floor yet again. PCO just go wild. I don't know how he does it at that age. I literally, I don't know how he does it at that age. It's, it's crazy. But PCO was in the ring and he climbed the ladder and someone, I'm not really sure who, uh, tried to stop him. Then he just tossed them out of the ring and he'd try again. And they did this like three, four spots like this, where he was trying to climb up and someone would stop him. He'd climb up, someone would stop him. They did it so many times that I didn't catch who it was every time. But Tony Deppen was the one to finally actually stop him and get him off the ladder before biting him in the face. Oliver hit a uh, clout cutter on Deppen from the ladder. Uh, he tried to climb. PCO caught him and choke slammed him off. He then gave him a package pile driver onto another ladder. Clone hit a double foot stomp on PCO and then climbed the ladder. But was stopped by G-Raver. Raver then wrapped Cologne up in chairs and another ladder, climbed another ladder, and then basically fell off. Just fell off and right onto him. After looking quite unstable at the top of that ladder. Floyd then gave G-Raver a razor's edge over the ropes onto a ladder set up on the floor. AJ Gray then looked to come off a super high ladder onto Cologne, but this was weird. So AJ Gray sets up a ladder <clears throat> on the outside. And there's another ladder set up in the corner. <clears throat> and I can't remember if Tony Deppen was, or no, no, Alex Cologne was laying on that ladder in the corner or not, but the camera's focused, just looking at AJ Gray climbing. And then he does like a front flip off this ladder and just bounces off the other ladder. I don't know if maybe Cologne was supposed to stay on the ladder or he moved too soon, but it just looked like a bad spot. Because it just looked like he just went, okay, I'm just going to jump off here and bounce off the ladder. So I think maybe either Cologne moved too soon or wasn't supposed to move, but maybe he just he moved too soon thing. John Wayne Murdoch then came out and attacked Alex Cologne. 
taking him out of the match. Meanwhile, in the ring, AJ Gray knocked Lloyd off the ladder, grabbed up, uh, climbed up the ladder, grabbed the brass ring, and won the match. This is an insane match. Great match to open up this show. And they did state that whoever wins this match should be in line for a world title shot sometime soon down the line. So it'll be interesting to see world champion versus the extreme champion. Next up, we had a really fun trios match with what they said it was Lucha Rules. It was Team Gringo, Gringo Loco, A-Rez, I think it's A-Rez, 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 and Demonic Flamita taking on Team Bandito, Bandito, Laredo Kid, and ASF. Early on, Flamita went to the top, motioned like he was going to do something awesome, then just flipped off the crowd and dropped to the mat without doing anything, which I thought was great because Demonic, De, Demonic Flamita is a heel. So it's like, oh yeah, the crowd's going to want me to do the big-ass flippy move off the top rope. Nah, I don't like you. Fuck you guys. I'm just going to jump off. I thought that was great heel work. <clears throat> and pretty funny as well because the crowd was like hyped for it. Like you can, he was climbing up the ropes and like, yeah. And he's like, no. And they're like, boo. <laughs> like, like instantly like, really cool. I really like that spot. More Lucha heels need to do stuff like that, I feel like. More like high-flying heels need to, and I think Pac used to do that. He when Before he turned the red arrow into the black arrow, he would climb like he's going to do the, 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 it was in WWE, he used to do this. He'd climb like he's going to do the red arrow, and then he'd look around and go, no, nah, I'm not going to do it, and then he'd get down and put you in the rings of Saturn. The Loco and Arez did the row, the boat, row your boat spot on Laredo and ASK. Lamita then rolled up Bandito in the middle of the ring for a two. They had a lengthy series of near falls with everyone just going at it, and I couldn't really catch what was what. Flamita hit Bandito with a frog splash for a near fall. Laredo Kid hit a 450 splash on Flamita and got a two count. Arez hit a springboard moonsault on Laredo after a, uh, and got a near fall off of this. ASK then hit Arez with a Death Valley driver and got a two count. A gringo hit a release suplex on ASK for another near fall. Bandito hit Greedo, uh, Gringo with a DDT for a near fall. And that was a rather interesting spot that was set up here. We got a big old giant, like, chicken fight. You know how when, like, you put somebody on your shoulders and then somebody else is on somebody else's shoulders and they call it chicken fighting? We had double-decker chicken fighting because we had someone on someone's shoulders and then someone on that someone's shoulders. And they were going at it, going at it, and then they ended up doing, I think it was... Gringo had Laredo Kid on his shoulders while Arez was on top of Laredo's shoulders. Then they fought off ASK, who was on Flamita's shoulders, and Flamita was on Bandito's shoulders. And in the end, ASK hit Arez with a Canadian Destroyer, and this place went wild. I went wild in my living room going, holy crap, was that awesome. And a very loud, guys, you gotta go home, could be heard as far as like, hey, we need to wrap this match up. I was like, ugh, oh, little mess up there. But it was just, it was funny because you just hear, guys, you got to go home, which means wrap up the match and go to the end. Despite this, they all took turns hitting dives on each other to the floor and it actually went longer than I expected after hearing that. Gringo Loco and ASK ended up the final two left in the ring. They both crashed to the mat from the top rope. After they tried to do something unsuccessful, not sure what, shortly after Gringo gave him a pile driver and pinned him in the middle of the ring. Really fun lucha match there. And I, I like I said, the Flamina spot, 
stood out to me because I think more high-flying heels need to do that kind of stuff. Not just... because it's, it's something that I don't like <clears throat> from high-flyers. Whether you're a babyface or a heel, you got to get your stuff in. Well, sometimes maybe you got to tease getting your stuff in and not do it like Flamita did here because it's like perfect heel heat. Go to the top rope. You look like, yeah, you want me to do a flip? What? You want me to do a 450? And never mind. You get off and then just punch the guy in the face or something. Blake Christian comes out and he cuts a promo. Cut a promo announcing that Jonathan Gresham is not here tonight and wouldn't be on the show. That he, he called on ROH to give him a shot later down the line because he was supposed to challenge for the Ring of Honor World Championship. And I think Ian Riccoboni on commentary stated that this isn't his fault that, you know, Jonathan Gresham might be pulled from the show and Ring of Honor will honor his title match once that they can actually get the match to take place and figure out when and where. But he said he came here to wrestle. He wants to face somebody. He wants to face somebody that has given him the best matches of his career. Some of the best matches he's ever had in a GCW and out would come Leo Rush. And I'm like, this match is going to be amazing. And it was amazing. These two worked fantastic together. Now, early on, they did a lot of those, you know, pre-planned, fast, high flyer guy spots where it's like, boom, 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 boom. But these two did it in a way that it didn't seem extremely choreographed, which was great. Where it's like, one guy bounces off the ropes and the other guy's following him off the ropes. And they like roll around each other and they do. And then they do it again and they do. And I always criticize that stuff because a lot of times it comes off way too pre-planned and way too stiff and prefab. But the way these two did it, it just felt genuine. It just felt like they were out there. And at one point, Leo started running the ropes. And Blake Christian went, I'm going to follow him and blah, blah, blah. And then Blake started running the ropes. And one time, Leo just said, I'm going to follow him and do the same thing, blah, blah, blah. So I thought that was really good. These two work fantastic together. Christian locked Rush in an Eastern stretch early on as commentary focused on Rush's history of neck and shoulder problems. Rush did fight back and hit a falcon arrow for a two. Rush went for a springboard stunner, but Christian followed, followed up behind him and gave him a running knee as he was coming off the ropes. He then hit a springboard 450 for a near fall. Rush fought back and hit a Poison Rana, DDT, and the final hour frog splash for a close near fall. Shortly after, Christian hit a dive from the mat to the floor and grabbed a hold of Rush in a reverse DDT position. He then picked Rush up and gave him a tombstone right there on the floor. He rolled Rush into the ring, came off the top of the 450 stomp, and picked up the victory. This match was really fun, really good. These two worked fantastic together. And I've seen... I think it was one Blake Christian Leo Rush match in the past. So, like, when I heard that this was going to be the match that was going to, you know, change and it's going to be Leo Rush instead of Jonathan Gresham, I go, well, Blake Grish Christian versus Leo Rush can't get much better than that. Yes, please. Next up, we got the garbage match. The worst match I've seen in a very long time. If I was doing worst match of 2022 now, it would be this match. It would be this match. Matt Cardona with Chelsea Green against Joey Janela. This match was horrible. Basically, this was a big old WWE spoof match. They said things that you would hear in a WWE environment. They did things you would see in a 
WWE environment, and it was no bueno, at least not for me. I know everyone's, you know, entitled to their own opinions. You can like things that other people don't like. You can hate things that other people love. I hated this. We got a big video package to hype this match up. And the big reason they're doing this match is because they redid the Ric Flair Macho Man situation where there was pictures of Ric Flair and Elizabeth out at the pool sharing some drinks. Well, there's pictures of Joey Janela and Chelsea Green out at the pool sharing some PBRs. And then there was other things and Janela at one point showed up at some um, storage unit where Cardona was supposed to buy some toys from, and they fought there, and this and that, and yeah, whatever. Okay, cool. So there's a big old banner, right? Or sign, whatever you want to call it, that said, if Cardona wins, we riot. Kind of similar to what we saw at One Night Stand 2006. Then we hear Metallica's, or a version of Metallica's Inner Sandman. And this was weird. Because Cardona, I guess not weird, but Cardona earlier in the week was asked, hey, you know, you do a lot of cool callback things. Would you ever do the Sandman entrance, especially in the Hammerstein Ballroom? He's like, I ain't doing that shit or something like that. And then he kind of did a variation of it tonight. But Cardona comes out with a like Mick Foley, Cactus Jack style vest, flannel vest. Chelsea's in front of him. She's got the kendo stick. Well, he turns around. And the back of the vest, I don't understand this at all. It says, fuck Mick Foley on the back of the vest. And I go, what what does this have to do with anything? Okay, whatever. Cardona then walks through the crowd, kind of-ish. No, he's really just walking down the regular entrance they have there. Trying to do a a Sandman thing where he's drinking beer and he's spitting beer. And he's got a shirt on that says, if if Cardona wins, we riot. Well, so it's like, "Eh, okay, whatever. I just, from the get-go. As soon as he walked out, I go, yeah, this is going to suck. Matt Cardona is trying too hard to be 100% the opposite of WWE. He's trying to show that I'm better than they are. The version of me now is better than what I was then. I don't need them as much as they would need me. He's still latching on to the fact of he got released, and now he still needs to prove that no, He's better outside of WWE than in, and maybe he can be. I've seen some great stuff from Matt Cardona, really good matches for him outside of WWE, but the GCW stuff that he's been doing is just too forced. He's trying too hard, and it comes off as just a guy playing a character, and it's not good. He's still latching on to the fact of, I still got to prove myself because WWE didn't want me anymore. So what do I, how do I prove myself? Be 100% opposite of what I was there. Cardona told the crowd and Joey Janela's parents who were there that they shouldn't boo him. He spoke about him being the reason that the Hammerstein Ballroom even sold out. He then promised to end Joey Janela's career before Tony Khan could say, You're fired. I go, okay, cool. Kujo Janela comes out or whatever, and this match begins. Kujo Janela comes out with his uh, with a radio silence immediately after the bell for a two. Cardona then brought a table into the ring, but Janela fought back. Janela then gave Cardona a Death Valley driver through the table. Janela missed a diving cannonball and landed on a chair. 
Just a lot Cardona. Time to recreate the John Cena t-shirt throw into the crowd where he like had the shirt on, so he rips it off and he throws the shirt into the crowd and the guy rips the shirt apart and then tries to throw it back. But for some reason, the people standing in front of him like blocked him so the shirt didn't make it back to the ring, but it hit Chelsea at ringside. Again, was that a plant? I don't know, but they tried to do too much of, hey, we're just going to try and recreate a bunch of stuff from WWE and uh, a one-night stand 2006. So, uh, Chelsea Green didn't look like she was going to turn on Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona was going for a chair shot on a downed Joey Janela, and she grabs the chair and stops him and says, no, we can't do that. And he's like, what do you mean? She kicks him in the balls, and he sells it. She then helps Joey Janela up, and she's like, get to the top rope, Joey. Get to the top rope, and she crotches him on the top rope. Pulled his leg out, crotches him. Cardona starts laughing. He pulls a cup out of his pants or his tights and even the commentary's in on this having to try to make this a spoof on WWE was like look he had a what do they call it they said he had a blocking apparatus in his tights or something like that but they used the word apparatus because WWE wouldn't use wouldn't say he had a cup they would go full bore and say like apparatus or this or that so they're spoofing WWE more I'm just sitting here going can this be over yet and this went long this went long. So the low blow did nothing to him. Janela then held up Cardona's internet title like he was going to hit him with it when out came Smart Mark Sterling, the lawyer of Matt Cardona. And I'm like, oh, hey, look. It's Jade Cargill's mouthpiece. Where's Jade? Oh, wait, no, never mind. And Sterling told Janela, hey, hey, did you read the contract? If you use that, you'll get disqualified. And then the commentary goes, well, it's GCW. There's no disqualifications in here. He goes, remember, if you use that belt at all, you're disqualified. Also, I've brought a special guest out here. I brought a Vince that has been integral in Cardona's history or career or whatever. And you hear, no chance. So that's what you've got. Vince McMahon, no chance music plays. And a guy comes out wearing a Vince McMahon mask. They take the mask off. And it's Virgil, or should I say Vincent? And I just go, can this shit be over anytime soon? Like, it's, fuck this shit. And so the crowd goes wild, and Cardona got a near fall here as he rolled up a distracted Joey Janela. Cardona then seemed to be busted open, dripping blood from his nose pretty good. I think there was a super kick from Janela at one point that got him. Janela then gave him a Death Valley driver on the apron. All of a sudden, swoggle. But they call them horn swoggle on commentary. WWE, all this and that. And, bah, bah, bah. and so swoggle then came out from under the ring and attacked Joey Janela. And they kept making the joke for like the next 10, 15 minutes, even after the match ended. How long was swoggle under the ring? I've been out here at ringside for like five, six hours and haven't seen swoggle come out here. When did swoggle get under the ring? How'd they get swoggle under the ring? Whatever. And all of a sudden, Stam's, Sam Stackhouse comes out to fight Swoggle. You know, big, huge guy against a little bit of guy. A lot happening here that's just not really much. Stackhouse misses a moonsault. Swoggle flipped off the crowd. Then Marco Stunt would run out with a chair and a great pop from this crowd. And I go, hey, something I like, Marco. Please save this man. Now, 
Even Marco Stunt couldn't save this match. And more just keeps on happening. Cardona then hit a DDT on, or an inverted DDT on Marco. After Cardona and Swoggle were both put through doors, Chelsea got involved and gave Stunt a Canadian Destroyer. Janela then grabbed Chelsea and went to give her a pile driver, but Cardona hit him with a chair. Cardona got a near fall off of a Death Valley driver onto a chair. Green continued to hit Janela with a kendo stick, but Janela fought back and gave her a pile driver. Then in one more callback to One Night Stand 2006, a man in all black and a black trench coat and a black motorcycle helmet came out and speared Janela through a table, just like Edge did to Cena at One Night Stand. The man was unmasked, and it was, well, you guessed it, Brian Myers. The whole time we're sitting here, I'm going, where's Myers? When's Myers coming out? Where's Brian Myers? Where's Brian Brian Myers? Can the ship be over now? Cardona then gave Janela the radio silence, threw a table, and picked up the victory. And commentary's like, what? It's Brian Myers. He said on social media that he was going to stay out of this, and he was not picking sides. And I go, you really think he wasn't going to help fucking Matt Cardona? Yeah. No. Whatever. All right, this match was over, so we thought. And as the fans began to riot and throw stuff in the ring, because, you know, if Cardona wins, we riot. Out comes Sean Waltman. <laughs> this place goes nuts. X-Plack! I'm like, okay, cool. Myers and Cardona get out of there before Waltman. The Bronco Buster. Get the Bronco Buster. However, Janela Waltman then celebrated by walking out of the ring together. And Joey Janela sent out a fucking tweet. I'm going to read it right here. This is after the match. Joey Janela tweeted. Uh, now I can't find the tweet. This isn't over. The real X-Pac is back, and he's GCW. So what are we going to get? Matt Cardona and Brian Myers against Joey Janela and X-Pac? Sean Waltman? Okay. Cool. Also, it was announced Joey Janela Spring Break 6 will be coming soon. And we're getting uh, Janela Palooza. Well, actually, that's something tonight in New York. But yeah, they're doing like an after party. Janela Palooza. But yeah, uh, they did officially announce, though, Joey Janela Spring Break 6. But I don't think we got a date for it. Yeah, Janela just sent out a tweet here. says, all roads lead to the world on GCW and to Joey Janela Spring Break 6. Also, speaking of Joey Janela, I do want to say kudos, my friend. You looked great. I've never seen Joey Janela look that good. Like, I think it was Nick sent me a message and goes, holy crap. Look how good Joey Janela looks. Usually looks like he drinks 40 beers before a match. But regardless with all of that, like Joey Janela did get himself into great shape. Doesn't have the, the big beer belly or anything anymore. And yeah, this match sucked. Next up, out came Mance Warner and Atticus. Uh, there's a Mance Warner, Atticus Cougar segment. Matt Warner, who has been out of action with a leg injury, walked through the crowd. He cut a promo. He talked about how the fans have helped GCW take over. Atticus Cougar then interrupted him. 
He said the, 40, the 440H faction are the real outlaws here. He called for the second gear crew, brought Brett Lauderdale's snakes. Then they all started brawling. As someone that doesn't really follow GCW much, I was lost here. Like, I'll watch GCW shows for the matches, but I don't know anything about, like, groups and factions. So this was lost on me. And I think there may have been a lot of people that this was lost on. Because there's probably a lot of people watching GCW for the first time tonight. And I go, what's the 404H? Who's the second gear crew? I, I just, I know who Mance Warner is. I've heard of Attic Atticus Cougar. But I just, I don't know what these factions are and why they're fighting and feuding and this and that. So, yeah. So, this kind of fell to the wayside for me because I had no clue what was going on here. And then eventually, we hear a whistle after Gregory Irons is doing some stuff in the ring. Sabu and Alfonso, Bill Alfonso appear. Second gear crew all celebrated with Pantera's walk. Rang through the crowd. Rang through uh, the speakers and around the crowd to close out the segment. I go, cool. This is one of those, if you don't really follow GCW, you're going to be lost. And that, that was me. We had a really good match between Ruby Soho and Ali Catch. And they had a fantastic video before the match talking about Ali Catch and her making her way to this match. Saying, that, you know, facing Ruby Soho was a dream of her. She always wanted to face Ruby. And now she gets that chance here tonight in front of the biggest crowd that GCW's ever had. And this was a respectable, respectful babyface versus babyface match. And that's the one cool thing with GCW. You can have these kinds of matches. There doesn't need to be a storyline. It doesn't have to always be heel versus baby, baby versus heel. You know, it could be heel versus heel. It could be baby face versus baby face. And this match worked great. So Soho hit that move where she drives her opponent's head into the turnbuckle with her leg early on. I don't know if there's an actual name for it or not. She went for it a second time in catch, got out of it. However, Catch then gave Soho her own version of the same move. And then I get a message from like two different people for some reason. I, I don't know why. I, I, I get it. But it was weird that I got this at the same time from two different people. I get tweets. Or not tweets, but DMs and Twitter and go, is your name Ali Cat or Ali Catch? Literally, two people sent me the same thing. Is her name Ali Cat or Ali Catch? Apparently a lot of people always thought her name was Ali Cat. I, I get it because she used to have, you know, she's a lot of times wears like the whisker paint and this and that, which is the cat thing. But was, I just thought it was really funny that almost within like seconds of each other, I get DMs of people asking me, is it Alley Cat or Alley Catch? It's Alley Catch. K-A-T-C-H. Um, later on, Catch went for Soho's riot kick, but Soho countered it. It seemed like the story might be that Catch idolized Soho so much that she wanted to use her own moves against her, but Soho knows her own moves. She knows how to counter her own moves. Soho with the riot kick, but Catch kicked out. Soho missed a double foot stomp off the ropes, and Ali countered with a knee strike and a pile driver for a near fall. They've now each kicked out of each other's big finishers. They battled on the top turnbuckle at one point, and Catch went for a pile driver from the top, but Soho countered and gave her the riot kick off the top and picked up the victory. Really fun, good match here. Crowd, I don't know if the crowd was just really down from the last two segments. The crowd didn't really ever get into this match much, which was unfortunate. After the match, the two women hugged. The crowd booed the finish, 
Like, they, I guess they didn't want to see Ruby win. And the two hugged as Allie was crying after the match. And, yeah, I think the fans really wanted to see Allie Catch pick up the victory here. But, and, and I'm not going to say I know this for sure, but when you have somebody from another promotion working, you know, an indie, a lot of times, you know, like Tony Khan or whoever's going to go, hey, you can work the show, but you have to win. You know, and that's a, an issue. Like, some people don't like to use guys from AEW sometimes or from Impact Wrestling, that indie shows. Because sometimes the the higher-ups will go, oh, yeah, you, you want to use our guy? You want to use our girl? Okay, but but our people, our guys can't get pinned. I know, I think it's AAA does that a lot. Where they'll be like, oh, yeah, you can use so-and-so, but they have to win. They can't lose. I can't remember who it was, but there was a match recently that got announced. And then apparently that was, it was said that so-and-so can't lose. And they didn't, that wasn't the way the match, you know, their person had to win, but the, the, the person they were getting the person from said, you know, you, they can't lose. It happens a lot. It happens a lot. Next up, we had Jeff Jarrett versus Effie. I enjoyed this. I didn't know what we were going to get going into it because it's Jeff Jarrett and Effie. And I go, well, you, those are two wildly different, you know, styles. Really big contrasts here, but this match really worked for me. I enjoyed this. One point, Effie put a $20 bill on the floor to start the match and told Jarrett to take it. Jarrett didn't, and the ref picked it up. He goes, money? Yep, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, we play a slow start here with Effie doing some of his funnier spots until Jarrett took over, and they brawled at the, uh, around ringside. Jarrett started hitting Effie with his belt, and the crowd started chanting something along the lines of Daddy Likes It, I think is what it was. Like, daddy likes it. Daddy likes it. Uh, Silent by Deadly says, what network is GCW on? No network. You can watch them on Fight TV, but tonight's show was on traditional pay-per-view, which is really cool. But yeah, they're not on a, a television network. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, no, no. You, you watch them on Fight. You watch all their shows on Fight TV. Um, There we go. There we go. I thought the uh, YouTube stream cut out for some reason. There we go. All right. Back to it. The brawling around ringside. Jared was hitting Effie with the belt. The crowd was chanting something along the lines of Effie like or Daddy likes it. Jared continued using his belt as a weapon as they got back into the ring. He tied Effie up with the turnbuckle with the belt and went outside to grab a chair. Effie got loose and turned the tables on Jared. Effie then got a hold of the belt and whipped Jared with it. Also, Jeff Jarrett's arms, like he had a shirt on and pants and stuff, but he looked he looked jacked. He looked big. They said he was like 232 or something like that. He looked jacked. But Effie started rip, whipping him with the, uh, the belt. Effie missed the top rope attack, and Jarrett picked up the guitar. Jarrett gave him a low blow and got a near fall off of it. Shortly after, Jarrett hit Effie with the guitar. Effie no-sold it for a second, and then Jarrett hit him with a stroke and picked up the victory. So there we go. Jeff Jarrett pins Effie. And on commentary, they kept saying, we don't know what Jeff Jarrett's future is here in GCW. We don't know when we're going to see Jeff Jarrett again. Are we going to see Jeff Jarrett more? What are, What is the future hold in GCW for Jeff Jarrett? So they're really teasing that this is this may not be a one and done for Jeff Jarrett and GCW. And again, I thought the match worked. I thought these two guys worked very well together. I haven't, you know, followed much Effie, but when every time I see an Effie match, I'm like, man, really good, really good. Again, crowd didn't like the finish. They booed the finish. Again, it's Jeff Jarrett beating Effie. Of course, they're not going to like that. The heel won. 
also, what are they called? Bussy, Bussy, something like that. Jeff Jarrett, or no, Effie and Alley Catch. Their little ship name, I guess you call them. Bussy, Bussy. They both lost two matches in a row, back-to-back matches. So we get the GCW World Title matches. John Moxley against Homicide. And they go, but, um, no, where are the Briscoes? Why, why we got the world title match? No Briscoe match. Where's that? Where's that uh, open challenge? And then I'm like, oh, maybe that's the main event? Because they never said this is your main event. So I'm like, okay, maybe this isn't the main event. You're not putting Moxley in the world title in the main event. Okay, cool. So the match spills to the outside early, and the crowd's chanting, fuck Bully Ray. So if you don't know the story, last week on AEW Dynamite, John Moxley makes his big return. He gets in the ring. Crowd goes silent, except for one guy that goes, get that drunken piece of shit out of the ring. So Moxley turns the tides and goes, hey, go fuck yourself. Get him out of here. Well, Bully Ray then goes on his radio show the next day and says, John Moxley should have apologized to that fan for the way he spoke to him. We get big old fuck Bully Ray chance. Match spills to the outside. Moxley grabs the early advantage after a neckbreaker on the apron. And they got a two off of a pile driver shortly after. Homicide got a two count off the top rope. He went for the cop killer, but Moxley fought out of it. Moxley hit a double arm DDT for a two. Then locked in a bulldog. Bulldog choke, but Homicide got to the ropes. Uh, a little while later, Moxley hit a DDT. Give me one second, guys. Uh, where was I? Sorry about that. Kids stuff. Moxley hit a double arm DDT for a two count. He then locked in the bulldog choke, but Homicide got to the ropes. A little while later, Moxley hit a DDT onto a chair for another two count. He went for another DDT, but Homicide countered into a pinning combination for a two. Moxley then hits, hits a clothesline, followed by a DDT onto a chair again, and got the three. And I go, whoa, the match is just over? That's it? And I don't know if this match... Had any time cut like the main event match, but they're on traditional pay per view. So when you're told your show needs to be off the air by this time, you gotta just end stuff sometimes. And that's what happened in the main event. In the main event match, which was the GCW tag title match, it felt like all of a sudden that just one, two, three, it felt like the ref messed up the count or something, but it was no, they were just told at the last second, go home. We gotta go to the finish. And so I don't know if maybe this match got time cut as well, but if it just felt a little short to me. After the match, Moxley went over to Homicide, who was still laying on the, on the mat, hugged him, put his arm around him or whatever. Then Moxley bowed in respect to Homicide. And the crowd gave Homicide a nice hand after the match. Um, give me one second here. I need to send Nick a message. Alright, um, so, good match, but it was just, I felt like there was, it never, the match itself never really hit its peak, I felt, to be honest. Like, I felt like the match was going and going, I'm like, this is getting good, this is getting good, this is getting, oh, Moxley pinned him, it's over? Huh? And it was just done. I'm sitting there and I go, 
Okay. So we set up Moxley's next challenger. Do we do something here now? Is Moxley cut a promo? No. They just leave. They set it for our main event. We get a big old video package hyping up the Briscoes as the GCW World Tag Team Champions and laying down their open challenge. So they're in the ring. And if you've been following the Briscoes, you would think FTR is going to come out. But that's an ROH feud. This is for the GCW tag titles. And so we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and out comes Matt Tremont. And we go, okay, okay. There's only got to be one man. There's got to be a reason this is the main event and not the world title match because it's going to be a crazy death match. And GCW always saves the crazy death match for the end. So that way, if there's a lot of wreckage and carnage, you don't have to worry about cleaning it up before another match. And who wasn't actually advertised for the show as far as a match on the card? Oh, that's right. The man that GCW was built for. Nick fucking Gage. Nick Gage comes out here, and he is a god to this 2,000-plus crowd. He's 2,000-plus fans. He is a god to these people. Nick Cage makes his way out through the crowd, gets a tremendous pop, and immediately Cage puts Jay through a door. Through a door that was sitting in the corner. Chris goes then, tossed a bunch of plunder into the ring. Jay and Tremont fought with chairs. They did like a little lightsaber duel. And Mark and Gage hit each other with broken, broken parts of that door. Donovan the manager of Nick Gage, then gave Nick Gage the pizza cutter, but Jay cut him, cut him off with a chair to the face. This then allowed the Briscoes a period of offense. Mark hit the froggy elbow on Tremont through a door for a two. Gage then fought with Mark on the top turnbuckle and was able to give him a pile driver from the second rope through the door. Gage then picked Mark up and gave him a choke slam backbreaker and got the pin. We have new tag team champions here. But when you watch this, Jay or Mark's shoulder is up. It's up, not down. So it's like, no, no, no. Did the ref mess up? But no. The ref, apparently, from what I've been told since the show ended, is ref got the call of we get we gotta finish the match now. The match is just one, two, three. Unfortunately, shit like that happens. So Jay Briscoe's arguing, no, his shoulder was up, his shoulder was up. So maybe that'll lead to some sort of a rematch down the road. And since Saturday, no, Nick Gage is not the new wrestling god. Nick Gage has been a god to these fans for about a decade almost now. You must, and then no offense here, but you must be someone that doesn't follow GCW and Nick Gage. Because this man is a god to these people and has been a god to these people. And if you want to learn more about why he's a god to these people, watch his dark side of the ring. It is fantastic. Talks about how him being in jail actually made him more popular. When Nick Gage cuts a promo at the end of the day, or end of the show, and says that, um, you know, loves MDK all day. Loves the MDK, MDK gang. He's like, where's my fucking gang? And the roster comes out. They're all in the ring as the show just cuts. Again, time strengths being on a traditional pay-per-view. 
You're told you got to be off air by this time. They had to be off the air right at 8 o'clock. So everyone's in the ring. And again, like I said, everyone's in the ring. He cuts his promo. You hear the crowd like three times. All day. All fucking day. All fucking day. And then the show just cuts to black. And it's weird because if you're watching a fight like I was, the show cuts to black. Okay, something else is going to happen. Logo still in the corner. And usually when a show ends on fight, it says transmission lost from the venue. And then it cuts the show over. But it was just sat on black for a moment. Where you would make you think like something's going to happen. Something, there's going to play a video, something, I don't know. And then it's just over. But that was GCW and the world on GCW from the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. I thought overall the show was really well. It went really well and it was really good. But like that, that Matt Cardona, Joey Janela stuff really just sucked so bad for me. Like I completely hated it. And it's just like I don't even I don't even know where to where to what else to say. I already said well all I had to say about this, but yeah. But yeah, that was GCW's The World on GCW. Like I said, a really good show. I enjoyed 90% of this show. The only thing I really didn't like was, now thinking about it, yeah, the only thing I didn't like was the Janela Cardona match. Everything else, I enjoyed. I enjoyed everything else on this show, which is really good and really telling for GCW because I've watched GCW shows before where it's like, I like one or two matches. This show really hit for me for some reason, and I really enjoyed the bulk of this show. But with that, you know what I thought? Now, it's time to see what you guys thought as far as checking the polls. As far as the Twitch poll goes, 100% of you liked the show. As far as the Twitter poll does go, um, why can't I get it to load? Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. 43% liked the show, 35% thought it was just all right, and 20% did not like tonight's GCW show. As far as the YouTube poll, 60% liked it, 22% thought it was just all right, and 17% did not like tonight's show. Also, let's see if we have any text messages. Not sure if I'm going to get anybody texting in about the GCW show or not, but we can check. If we've got any text messages about this show. Then we don't, which I expected. I also didn't say anything about it earlier, but yeah. I really enjoyed the show. If you guys have not seen it, you can go get the replay on Fight TV. I I highly recommend it. If you're looking for a just fun three-hour wrestling show to watch, or three and a half if you watch the two pre-show matches as well, then this is a show for you. Fast forward the Matt Cardona-Joey Janela match, and this is the show you but with that guys i want to say thank you for joining me here twitch.tv forward slash pw unlimited youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited and twitter.com forward slash pw unlimited i will be back live tomorrow morning for our monday edition of the wrestling wrap-up and then tomorrow evening for monday night raw so with that guys have a great rest of your saturday nope sunday and i'll see you next time have a good one guys